Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'm going to be talking about the unique relationship issues of CEOs slash entrepreneurs. I've written a lot about self-made men and talked about that, so there's going to be some overlap with that, but there's a specific kind of personality type that I'm going to talk about today. Before I get to that, please do subscribe. My most recent subscriber episode was Women Hate Arguers, but um, I think... God only remembers, but tomorrow's or in two days is going to be unique relationship issues of doctors. So I'm going to do uh, CEOs slash entrepreneurs, doctors and lawyers, and then potentially I'm going to do other ones, you know, that comprise a large percent of my clients um, because that's, you know, who's relevant to me and who comes to see me. All right. So anyway, let's dive right in. So what I'm talking about here is not so much like the corporate CEO type as like the guy who came up with his own product and um, basically made his own idea into a company. And I work with a lot of these guys. And in this, I'm going to be talking about uh, men who do this because that's the majority of the people I see in this situation. And their marriages, they marry a kind of specific kind of woman. So it can give you some you know, like a, a little window into the fact if you are in this situation on either side, either the wife or the guy, um, that you're not alone and that there are specific ways that, that this relationship usually goes and specific challenges. Okay, so let's look at the personality type. If you're the kind of person who's going to come up with your own idea and build it into a company, you're kind of um, an unusual person, right? You're very unique. And the most... Um, The biggest difference between these guys and other uh, successful, intelligent clients that I have is not in the successful or the intelligent. It's in the don't give a shit part, like what I call the honey badger. Remember the honey badger on YouTube? Just honey badger, don't give a shit. You could Google this. Uh, you, You don't need to. It's really not. You don't need to. But anyway, there's a little honey badger going around being, um, narrated and it was like honey badger don't give a shit honey badger sees something he wants he just does it okay that's like this entrepreneur guy he just don't give a shit and usually he has lower levels of fear um and lower levels of rejection sensitivity than the average person which is why he was able to take what many people questioned being a good idea because people question every idea that isn't successful yet and he don't give a shit so he was able to power through anyway these guys on the positive, well, first we'll do the positive. So the don't give a shit obviously could go either way. Um, on the positive, they're very coachable. These are the people where they just love therapy. Oh my God, they love it. Like they love therapy. They love coaching in particular. They've had coaches before, both um, in terms of sports, because these guys are often have been athletic. And um, and I'll get to why that is in a, in a bit. That's my next big thing. Um, but they've been coached before. They, they have no rejection sensitivity. So these guys are like, you, you tell them something, you'd be like, oh, you know, you could do this better. 
They're like so happy. But first they'll question you like 15 times. Why? Why could I do it better? Why is the way I'm doing it not working? Because the way I'm doing it, it does this, this, this. What are you saying to me? And basically, if you, if you build a strong case, then they will literally switch what they're doing. That's unusual. It's unusual for somebody to not be very personally tied to a behavior. And that is good. It can be linked to narcissism, right? Just like kind of thinking everything Kind of that you're just such a great guy anyway that it like doesn't even matter. Any individual behavior can be changed and you're still like a great guy. So it can be linked to that, but that's also for better and for worse. It doesn't have to necessarily be linked to that, you know, and I'll talk about that as a potential issue being too self-absorbed, right? But, but in its best form, these people are just like the most coachable people ever because they just hate inefficiency. They love to be productive. So if they're going to have a 45 minute session and I'm going to tell them bullet points A through, you know, J to work on, they're going to fucking work on them. The ones that make sense to them, they're going to really work on, you know, and uh, they'll work on it with the next uh, thing that I'm going to talk about, which is extremely high energy. So uh, my friend dad starting over, I think I saw did a little video on this with somebody about like what's the secret behind successful men they're very high energy well that's true behind successful people in general but no more do you see this no 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 greater example is in the ceo entrepreneur guy this guy usually sleeps very little you know and doesn't need to sleep more and just is unusually high energy so that's why uh, usually they were athletic when they were young because they had like so much energy as a teenage boy that they needed, in a best case scenario, they got it out in sports. In a worst case, they got it out in delinquency, you know. But in a best case, they were on the football team and the basketball team and the baseball team and like all the teams, you know. And uh, that's just because it's a very high baseline level of energy. So, so far we got that they're coachable and they're smart, obviously successful, and high energy, what's not to love, right? So now let's go into what's not to love. What do their wives usually say? They got low empathy. You know, while they may be very personable guys, and some of them are not, some of them have created their own businesses because they cannot get along with, with other people, particularly if they have ADHD or something. Entrepreneurs uh, often have ADHD. And so, like, they just can't do anything boring, and they don't really like authority. So, you know, like, they they, they want to do their own thing. And so, but, but anyway, so the, the high energy and coachableness and all of these things are great, but then they don't have empathy for people who aren't like that because they're so unusual on certain domains that they just cannot even really imagine what it's like to be a low energy, insecure person. And what am I describing? Many women, honestly, you know, my, it's, it's, I, I talk constantly about there are very high rates of depression and anxiety diagnosed in women and forget about what's not diagnosed, you know, because most people don't get anything diagnosed. So there are very high rates of depression and anxiety in women and both of these things make people rejection sensitive, insecure and low energy. Anxiety, you don't always have to be low energy. Depression, you certainly are as a woman. I've written about this all the time, atypical depression. Google it or look it up on my show. But it, anyway, so what happens is I see this all the time. The man is in his 20s or 30s. He marries a woman that's at really the apex of her mental and physical health, that's not had any children, that is just floored and, and adoring, you know, uh, floored by him, so impressed by him and adoring. And her libido is artificially inflated, as I've discussed in the honeymoon stage, is this little era where your, your libido is at its max. Now, these guys, between their high energy and the fact that they 
you know, can create a schedule where they can work out multiple times a day sometimes, uh, their, their libido also stays very, very high. Usually the entrepreneur guys like this are very high libido. So finally they met their match or maybe close to their match, they think, in bed. And she's also does sports or goes, at least goes to the gym. And she's up for anything. And she's adoring and beautiful. Great. They get married. So what happens? Obviously they have children. And her any latent mental or physical health issues that she was going to have come out with the stress and with the hormonal changes and the biological changes. And he just literally does not understand. Literally, he doesn't understand at all. And he thinks she's bullshitting. Because in his mind, the only way, like even with the flu, these men usually go to the office or they at least are answering their emails. So they're unusually high energy, unusually high, like a freak energy, <laughs> you know, and, and they'll admit it, you know, and they laugh, you know, if you say that. But the, the women are normal and w- within normal. So within, so before, let's say they, um, they got married and everything, they were, let's say at the the, in the plus one standard deviation for energy, and now they're in the minus one standard deviation. So they're still in average, but they're on uh, the, the, the opposite side of the mean, right? The guy just literally doesn't understand. He doesn't understand low libido because he's never had it. He doesn't understand low energy because he's never had it. And he doesn't understand rejection sensitivity because truly he's never had it. So now he feels like he's walking on eggshells around somebody that he frequently feels must have bait and switched him because he cannot possibly understand because these guys don't have um, ups and downs there. I read something once called uh, the hypomanic American entrepreneur was the title. And that's the truth. You know, a lot of these entrepreneur CEO guys are in a constant state of hypomania, you know, and hypomania is little mania. So like a manic episode, for example, is when you gamble away all your life savings and you, you know, start a business and it fails and you sleep with, you know, 30 prostitutes. That's like a manic phase for a a guy with bipolar disorder, let's say. Hypomania, it doesn't have to be in context of bipolar disorder, it could be kind of almost a constant state. And that's what this article was saying that many entrepreneurs have. And that's what I think too, is they're in this lower level of mania where just they have so much energy. They do build businesses, but they don't have the impeded judgment that you have in a full-blown manic episode. So the businesses work, the ideas work, everything works. You need less sleep, but you always need less sleep. So they're basically always a little bit manic and then the wife if she turns out to be depressed or anxious she's like on the opposite side of the spectrum they literally cannot understand they think she's lying like who would need nine hours of sleep well a depressed person would or a person who just needs a lot of sleep but they've never needed nine hours of sleep in their life these are people that tell me oh I didn't sleep last night and they look the same like they present the same in the session so, you know, it, it's very hard to empathize with something that you've never experienced. The average man, although has more physical energy than the average woman, still has felt felled by episodes of depression or low energy or physical illness or things like that. I'm not saying these guys don't get sick. They're not like, you know, superhuman, but they, the sickness is not doesn't come out the same way because of naturally super elevated energy levels. So they just cannot understand. 
And so, and the rejection sensitivity. So this is how it usually goes. We have a session. I say, you got to work on this, 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 this. They say, okay, fine. I, and I turn to the wife. And if, if I were to use the same tone, she would burst into tears. So I don't use the same tone, you know? And I say, maybe you could work on this one thing, right? And so then sometimes he'll be like, wait, why do I get like three things to work on? She gets one thing to work on. Well, because she's a, like a more normal person that would, you know, be overwhelmed by the idea of three things to work on at once. So of course, we're going to get there over time. But instead, you got to look at yourself as a non-normative person. That'll be like, oh, yeah, you don't like these three things about my personality. Hmm, I'm going to think about that. All right. Well, maybe I'll try. Why not? It's not like an average way to respond. It's the way to respond that is characteristic of somebody with no fear. And this is like, for better and for worse, no fear is, is endemic to this character. When else can this uh, relationship go awry? Another area related to lack of empathy is if this guy has a sensitive child, particularly a sensitive son, then he's going to be like, what in the fuck? You know, because this kid is nothing like him. And this kid is more like the mother in that they are rejection sensitive and they may cry. And like, let's say they do bad at baseball. So the dad, this entrepreneur CEO guy is like, all right, you did bad at baseball. So you're not so good at baseball. I'm going to get you a coach, right? And then you're going to get better at baseball. And the mother's like, he hates baseball. He cried the whole season because he's so shitty at baseball. Why does he have to do baseball? You know? And so the father cannot really empathize with how the average person, especially, or a sensitive person in particular, would feel about being so bad at baseball for an entire season. They cannot really imagine that level of humiliation because they don't really get that feeling the same way. So they can't get it. And so then it turns into a conflict where the mother thinks that the father's being a huge asshole and she becomes a mama bear and comes out and protects her kids against him. And it becomes me versus you in the marriage vis-a-vis parenting. And that's another very big um, conflict area that I work with couples on. And now the last one, of course, goes along with, um, you know, the very nature of, of a a large change in, in financial station. And I've talked about this a lot with the, um, I have an episode called Can't Buy Me Love. So a lot of these guys are obviously making a lot of money and sometimes that happens very quickly. And anything, any change that happens very quickly is destabilizing to the person and to the relationship. So that what that means is that this guy's very, very happy, makes a lot of money and the wife may not be so happy. Like, yeah, okay, but like, it's nice, but she doesn't necessarily want whatever the hell's going to come with that. She liked it more when he was starting out and they were like more normal. But as the money gets more and more, frequently the wife, despite what, you know, the manosphere says about women being gold diggers, the wife gets very uncomfortable. And she feels like now all the things he's forcing her to do, she has like no excuse not to do. So he'll want to like, let's say, oh, why don't we go on safari? That would be like a cool family vacation. Why don't we, you know, take the kids out of school? We're just going to go around on a boat. We're going to do world schooling or like, you know, because these are outside the box thinkers. So they'll be outside the box with parenting. They'll be outside the box with, do the kids really need to go to school? They'll be outside the box with everything. And the woman is like, I don't want to go on safari. I barely want to get on a plane at all. You know, I, I'm tired. We got these children. They have their activities. I want a nice, normal life. So this guy doesn't want a normal life. He's never wanted a normal life. He doesn't really have a desire to fit in that much. You know, so they can come into conflicts over this, particularly when the money makes these problems irrelevant. 
So the guy in, in, the, in the man's mind, he'll say, all right, fine. I want to take the kids out of school for a year. I'll hire tutors. Now you don't have anything to say. And she doesn't have anything to say also because she's the personality type that was so wowed by him in the beginning was somebody who had nothing to say, you know, who struggles with expressing herself and being assertive. That person is drawn to the entrepreneur CEO guy like a moth to a flame. She's so fascinated by him. And she'll also deal with what does, as I alluded to earlier, sometimes come out as pretty narcissistic traits, you know, so she'll deal with that because he's so amazing. She's never seen anybody that can assert themselves and move through life like a hot knife through butter. But then when he says, no, here, I'm going to give you like, like this PowerPoint of reasons why we can do whatever I want now because I have made it so we can afford it, then she frequently doesn't know how to say, but I don't want that. I've never wanted that. I just wanted really like a nice, happy family life with a kind of alpha husband. But now it's gone beyond that into where he's out earned any boundary in his mind or any social construct. He doesn't have to play within the the box anymore. So he's very mad that she still wants to. Now, where else, of course, does this, uh, you know, where is this relevant with the sex life? So Can't Buy Me Love, as I talked about in that podcast, when men make a lot of money and it doesn't have to be all at once or in this um you know, uh, amazing way or, you know, whatever that I'm saying with these specific guys who have this idea and then it, you know, turns into a reality or that's a unique situation. But with anybody who makes a lot of money, any man who makes a lot of money um, or any woman, but for the women, it's really not usually about sex. It's about um, other things like deeper fulfillment, as I discuss in the podcast, uh, the wife who wants more and her annoyingly satisfied husband, that uh, dynamic amplifies when there's more money as well. But in this specific case, when the man has so much money, but he wants to be uh, not only so much money, by the way, but also an outside the box thinker in every way, he wants to have the love life commensurate with this, with this ideology of I can do anything I want if I just try hard enough. And then frequently he still can't get laid for shit uh, with his wife, the woman that he loves with whom he wanted to build this loving relationship. Because obviously any man can cheat, but you know, uh, who cares? Like they don't want to cheat, you know, um, 80% of men don't cheat. So therefore it doesn't really make a difference that they can. It just makes it seem more unfair that the woman will not sleep with them or be affectionate to them or be happy with them or whatever the case may be, because in every other aspect of their life, they get what they want. And so that can, that, and, and sometimes, you know, before therapy, they can actually say things like this, basically, like, you are the only person that, that acts like this with me. You are the only person I can't convince of anything. You are the only person who actively dislikes me. You know, that may not be true. You know, at a certain point, you can just surround yourself with sycophants, and therefore everybody likes you because everybody's working for you, you know. But, but still, it feels to the man like she is the only bottleneck in his life, and particularly sexually, which is the most important thing even for these guys, you know, that are coming up with their own ideas and doing all these things and living, you know, this wonderful life, it, others would think they could still be extraordinarily miserable if they're not having sex. And, uh, and as I've discussed so many times, not just about sex, it's what sex means. Now, for these guys, it doesn't just mean love. Uh, it means it does mean it means play too. But it also means like, outside the box, like um, thinking. So they don't just want sex. They're always very high libido, at least when they're younger. But they want like, um, 
like an interesting, exciting sex life that is in a ratio with how they view everything. They want an interesting, exciting, exciting, outside-the-box version of everything. So the sex life is no different, you know? And so if not only are they stopped from getting this interesting outside-the-box sex life, you know, where they're engaging in fantasy play and, and whatever else, you know, whatever their kink is or exploring kinks or whatever, not only are they stopped from doing that, which they feel they were born for, but they're not even having sex at all. It can seem extremely, um, uh, unfair and not understandable, and they get kind of madder than the average person because usually they're used to things going their way, even when things are hard. So these are the guys who really try to hack their wife's sex drive, who are reading everything under the sun, the same as they would do infinity research to create a new widget in their business. They do infinity research about their wife's sex drive and how to be a better lover and how to this and how to that and HRT and everything. And the more that they research it, of course, she feels like she's, you know, as I always say, like a Sudoku puzzle that he's trying to solve. She feels more and more emotionally distant from him. He doesn't listen to her about the fact that some more empathy would go along way or that maybe they should just stay home for a weekend or that she doesn't want to go do world schooling or like whatever the case may be you know and they just use world schooling because I saw it on a tv show um I don't yet have any clients that want to do world schooling but um this is when you travel around and the children learn from every place you go to about the world I mean it sounds cool in theory if you have infinity energy which is exactly my point that women usually don't have and these men especially do but anyway, so the wife is like, why are you researching ways to give me multiple orgasms? I would just like to kind of cuddle and hang out and talk as a first step. And he is so um, thwarted, feels so thwarted and restrained and constricted that it's like almost impossible for him to see, you know, that her perspective. And this is, of course, what couples counseling can help with. And again, these guys are very responsive to therapy as long as they click with the therapist, because as you may be able to tell from what I'm saying, they don't click with everybody. Um, all right. So if you are in this situation, uniquely, this is a podcast that you, I, I would, anybody in the situation should share it with their spouse, either the wife or the husband, because as I said, these guys uniquely like to hear feedback about themselves and the woman feels understood by what I've said about what his problems are. So this is one that, you know, usually I say, listen, don't share my stuff. If they don't want to hear it, just summarize it. But this is one I can't imagine anybody would really take offense to because I think it's really fairly straightforward and uh, unbiased on both sides of the positives and negatives and in this dynamic. But I mean, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong. And if your wife says, listen, I really don't want to hear you ever suggest another podcast by this fuck ever again, then um, although if she said this fuck, she would probably like the podcast. But if she says that woman or something, just don't send them. Listen to them and process them and talk about the ideas. That will do more for your relationship than anything. All right. Hopefully you found this interesting and I'll talk to y'all soon. Please do subscribe to hear the What About Doctors. Bye-bye.